Welcome to Just Do It HQ, a podcast from Uninterrupted celebrating the 30-year anniversary of those three words. I'm your host, Denise Jones, here at Just Do It HQ in Los Angeles. On this podcast, we've talked to athletes who are in the middle of great careers and some who have completed theirs. But one thing they all have in common, after they got to the top, they all fought to stay there. You can be a star for a minute, but not be remembered as a Hall of Famer. We're going to talk to a few people who know how to stay at the top of their games. Our first guest is one of the most fearsome defensive players in the history of the NFL. Hello, everybody, and Dominican Sue of the LA Rams. Uh, fun fact of me, uh, I'm an engineer and I, I love business. He's a very accomplished football player. As the second overall pick in the NFL draft, Sue went on to win Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2010 and never looked back. A terror on the field and a celebrity off of it. I wanted to know how this five-time Pro Bowler dealt with all the pressure of being so talented so early. Uh, I think the pressure of uh, being a personality or having notice and recollection uh, really early on in my career was kind of started in Nebraska uh, and maybe even a little bit before that at Grand High School uh, in Portland where I grew up and uh, really just being a four-star athlete and uh, as they called us and ranked us back in those days came with interviews and having to talk to people, meet with people and different things of that nature. And then it heightened, obviously, going into Nebraska, being seen as one of the leaders on the team, talks to the media on behalf of the team, as well as the head coach, having to go to media day, things like that. It kind of prepares you for being in the limelight when I got to the league. What were some of your heroes growing up at that time? My heroes? I would probably say my older sister. Uh, seeing her growing up was always on her coattail, going to her high school which ended up being my high school, and just following her around. Uh, that's kind of the biggest reason why I got into football and like made a, had a real passion for it. I saw her get a scholarship playing soccer, going to, got to go to school for free, and uh, I saw that same opportunity with football. And so that was really my goals and my focus when I was in high school outside of getting good grades. What has been, in your opinion, the highlight of your career so far? Well, hopefully I haven't reached a highlight yet. Uh, I haven't won any championships, so uh, hopefully this will be the year. Uh, I'm excited for that, especially being here in L.A. But I, I think I've had some, as you mentioned, some great individual success, being able to be Rookie of the Year, being a part of uh, Pro Bowl teams as well as all pro teams is something special. And really just being acknowledged by your peers as being a, an elite guy uh, in the league. But like I said, I don't think I've reached my peak because ultimate success is being a champion. Uh, that's something that nobody can ever take from you. Just like education, I mean, having an engineering degree, things of that nature, people can never take those things away from you because you've proven that you've earned it. You've got to the top very fast, very Good. fast. How, how have you stayed there? How have you stayed consistent? Uh, I think first and foremost is really just have been a blessing to be able to be recognized like that but and have the God-given ability to, to maintain. But it's also the work ethic, uh, understanding what it takes to be at the top, seeing other people and how they've been successful taking molds from them and creating my own version of that, uh, what fits best for me and uh, the team that I work with, uh, the people that I work with in the off season. Uh, I owe them a tremendous amount of respect and, uh, and gratitude just for how they've helped me. But at the same time, like I said, it's that hard work and dedication that I've put in in my own time and really understanding that. 
You mentioned um, kind of studying some of the greats. Is there is, is there any particular or particular individuals that you've paid more closely attention to? Uh, in my position, I'd probably say Reggie White's one of those guys that I paid a lot of attention to watching film of them. Obviously, I wasn't old enough to watch them play. But also even guys that are my current peers and really coaches. Uh, I've been very, very blessed with coaches that I grew up with being early on in the league. Uh, the Jim Washburn to the league, Chris Kasirks, Terrell Williams. Uh, those guys were very, very instr- instrumental in my career, not only as an athlete, as a player, but even as a, as a grown man. Uh, being young, being 22, 21, coming into the league and I'm 31. I'm old now. <laughs> <laughs> far from it, actually. Far from it. We're just getting started, yeah, remember. You yeah. have a highlight to, to for reach. For sure, for sure. So what, what have been some of the obstacles that you've had to face throughout this journey? I think there's been plenty of things I've been scrutinized of. People have called me dirty, all these different things. But I think it's it's unique that people see it in one light but can't really understand it. And that's why they choose to put it in a, in a really undefined box. And for me, it's it's been something that I, I really embrace. Uh, it's a, a type of talent that they haven't seen before, so they want to put it in one particular box rather than if you actually look at the nitty-gritty and the details of everything, uh, it's far from it. I, I take pride in when people have to game plan against me. When people don't have to game plan, game plan against me, that's when I probably need to retire. So uh, I make it a point that you have to game plan for me. I like that. I like that. So you mentioned 31. You know, some players tend to get into this mindset of almost packing it in, right? <laughs> yeah. How do you, you know, how do you stay elite and, and keep that elite mentality that you have? I think probably the best thing for me, that's probably the easiest way to explain to the outside world is uh, my off-season training and being with younger guys that are up and coming and elite in their own rights and staying up with them, beating them, still letting them know, them know who the top dog is. We have some some trials and tribulations with the competitions every now and then with people cheating, but all good. But that's what they have to do uh, when you're still at your top of your game. So, like I said, just the offseason and then obviously seeing that the fundamentals, the great thing about being older and being in the game for a long period of time, you can be a lot wiser, more craftier, get to things. You don't have to use a brute strength all the time. You can kind of use different tactics to get people to where you want them and save your energy. Yeah, you're a lot more seasoned at this time, this chapter. For sure. So what is it like to be a defensive tackle on the field, you know, as the ball is snapped? What are you thinking about? We're getting ready to get into a fist fight, (laughs) to be honest with you. Uh, I've either got two or three guys coming my way. It depends on if I'm in a two technique, three technique, or five technique. And really it's just uh, about beating a man in front of you. And I think actually the better way to think about it is that man has to stop me from hitting their quarterback or hitting their running back. Um, yes, you have to get past them, but it's their job to block me. It's my job to take down their quarterback or their running back. So, you know, it, it's an exciting time because you're in Los Angeles, right? What, what, what's the emotion or, or the emotions that you go through or that you're going through right now being in L.A. and, mm-hmm. and the goals that you have? to accomplish, you know, let's just say for this year of your career? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it is just for this year to, to be specifically blunt. Uh, I'm on a one-year deal, so uh, it's go big or go home. Uh, and that's kind of how I'm approaching this particular year in a beautiful city, great city for business, a lot of great people to meet. At the same time, have a huge focus of, of football and with the Rams. There's a lot of excitement. Obviously, the number one offense in the league last year, a lot of exciting players from there. Coming back from that previous team, I think it's 10 of 11 starters, adding some some key pieces, Brandon Cooks and whatnot, and then an exciting defense. A lot of great other players that have come, Akeeb, Marcus Peters, 
uh, and whatnot. And so really the big focus is to take that excitement and put in the work, uh, go through the process of being successful, and then let the chips fall and let those chips fall pretty heavily and hopefully it's uh, somewhere in the time of February. So what's one trait if you had to give me that a dominant player must have on the field? In my particular position, a dominant trait they need to have is to be able to play with their hands. If you can't be violent with your hands and be able to shed and get off blocks and make plays, it's it's very key. So being able to play with your hands and then single most important thing for any particular athlete, uh, in my opinion, is uh, be able to have great eyes, uh, no matter what sport you're playing in. If you don't have great eyes, you're not going to be able to be successful, whether you're Serena hitting a tennis ball and being uh, a pitcher, being able to find the right spot on the mound, or being that batter where you got to hit the ball when it's coming 100 miles an hour, being a football player, being able to see formations, being able to identify what type of blocks are going to happen to you in within milliseconds, especially when you got 600 pounds coming at you. If you don't have good eyes, it's going to be a, a tough day. There's a lot of kids, you know, that are aspiring to be the next you. There's a lot of kids listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give? Um, I would say don't be the next me. Be better than me. Be Have the focus, have the understanding, have the drive to be, see somebody, see somebody who's great and take a lot of things from them, but be better than them. Uh, and that's the one thing that I looked at when I, I – kind of realized that I had an opportunity to make it to the NFL. There was a guy named Adam Carricker at Nebraska that I watched uh, and really worked out with. I was attached to his hip since I was a rookie, and he was there two years, and I just did everything he did. And I was like, after my sophomore year, I was like, all right, he got 13th overall picked in the draft. I mean, I can do everything he does, and I'm two, three years younger than him. And so why not do that, be able to do those same things, but then kind of take it to another level. So I sat down with some different people in the organization and said, let's figure it out. Uh, this is one of my goals. I'm going to graduate. My mom, of course, said you're not leaving school unless you do. Uh, and if I do leave school, I have to come back, which I wasn't going to do. So I stayed. I finished school, and the rest is history. So why do you think you know, you're know you a 31-year-old man now? Like, Why is it important for you to empower and inspire the youth or, and these young athletes? Uh, it's super important. I've always believed in paying it forward. I wasn't a person that was able to get to where I was without somebody else paying it forward to me. I speak of those coaches, Diallo, Coach Rollins, Uncle Rollins, my mom, my dad, my sister, just looking at everybody in my circle, my best friends. I have a child, childhood best friend, Dominic. I talk to him every day. I actually spoke to him before I got here today. And we just had this dream when we were little, what we wanted to do, and it's just coming to fruition. He's playing overseas, playing basketball. Uh, I'm in the league and he's being very successful, I'm very successful, and we just pushed each other. So the biggest thing is just focus, understand, have this big dream, but understand there's going to be a process to get there, and over time you'll get there. In your opinion, what's been your secret to taking care of your body so that you can play at your highest potential? Yeah, health and wellness is probably the biggest, most important thing for an athlete. Really, outside athletes is very pertinent for any human being, uh, especially if you want to be healthy. But for me, being in the position that I am, I take it very seriously, and I spoke about a team earlier, and there's a handful of people that I work with. Probably the most notable person for me is a guy named Keith D'Amelio. I'm back home with him in Portland three, four, five months out of the summer, just dialing in our workouts to our nutrition to everything. I mean, it goes to the nitty-gritty. you got to understand nutrition, and it's it's important, and you got to educate yourself. And even taking it to another level from there, understand how your body processes food. 
I understand how my body processes food and things that I like and don't like personally, but also things my body doesn't like. Uh, I may like steak, but I don't process it well. So I don't eat a lot of it. I eat small pieces of it every now and then, but it's things that you got to take into consideration. What's been the best fitness tip that you've ever received from someone? Uh, the best fitness tip? Wow. Uh, I'd probably say train smarter versus harder uh, is probably the biggest like bland statement. There obviously goes to more greater detail to emphasize on that, but uh, yeah, train smarter versus harder. Because uh, I always thought like, you want to lose weight, you want to do all these different things, run harder, run more miles, run more whatever it may be, more sprints. And if you do certain things and get your spike your heart rates the right way and whatnot, being smarter about it, you can do less work but have more progress. So you also do a lot of things outside of of just you know being an athlete, mm-hmm. right? And, and you still have a passion for soccer. Yep businessman tell me about what else matters to sue i want to be more successful than i was on the football field off the football field and really just in sports in general and so i love focusing i love learning Uh, i got an engineering degree as i mentioned earlier from the university of nebraska something that i hold in high regard and i don't want to just hold it i want to actually use it so that's the biggest thing it's finding ways that i can use that knowledge and with that, uh, I went through a tremendous amount of business classes. So just having that business mind, understanding how business works, how deals are put together, finding passion, things that I'm passionate about. People always talk about not being in restaurants or doing different things. If you want to be in whatever you want to be, just find the right place to do it and find the right people to work with, it, especially if you can't be there uh, yourself. And so I've been very fortunate in that space, uh, as well as love real estate. I think it's one of the most successful things. Outside of playing football is one of the reasons why I went to Miami. Uh, You got one of the most successful people in real estate, Stephen Ross, uh, and related group, being able to learn from those guys, just being able to have those relationships, and just mentors, very blessed with great mentors that have taught me a lot and continue to teach me every day. Are there elements from the football field that you're applying to these new business endeavors? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that you can learn in the correlation between sports and, and businesses is the trial and tribulations that they have to go through, especially if you're looking at a startup. 1% of startups or a very few percent of startups are, are fortunate enough to be successful and get off the ground. Same thing in sports. Uh, not many athletes are very lucky enough to get into the professional leagues. It's 1% of all college athletes. So you look at those situations, there's correlations between all of those pieces and just that mindset, that focus and that drive and the, the tactics of being successful in that particular business and then being able to add value. And that's how I look at myself as being able to add value, not only with my knowledge, but relationships and being able to use my personality at point other points and really just take keen observations to help founders. Because a lot of people, when they are focused and they are dialed in, they may miss things. So being able to be a second pair, a pair of eyes. I like that. So, you know, you've been called uh, one of, if not the NFL's biggest World Cup fan. Okay. What, what do you, in your opinion, what can American football learn from you know, European football? I believe a tremendous amount, especially when it comes to sports science. I think sports science is uh, one of the, the cutting edge things that the European football has been very successful at and has allowed them to be very successful with their particular assets and athletes that they have. Uh, and I think it's slowly but surely coming into American sports, all the technology that's going into tracking things, tracking people's data, how much workloads they're doing. Uh, and we talk about being training smarter versus harder. 
those analytics, those sports science analytics goes all into to every bit of that. So I think that's something that we can learn from World Cup European football and, and whatnot. So being that we're here at the Just Do It HQ, in your opinion, why is this such a special place? Uh, I think it's a special place just for the simple fact that they're showing all the facets of, of being successful in sports and, and really just going out there and just doing what you want to do and being successful. And so it's it's a great space, obviously. Nike does a tremendous job with with marketing and, and putting all the tools that people can use to be successful. And I think that's the main reason why I train on campus. I've got everything at my fingertips. If I want to go work on shoes, I can go and say, Aaron Cooper, let's go work on shoes. Uh, Tinker, let's go work on shoes, whatever it may be. Cliff, let's go work on whatever. Let's go do some stuff with fundraising with kids, uh, sports, sports marketing rep. Let's go do that. I can get that done. Keith, let's go train. We're in the morning, 6 a.m. So I think that's why this facility here in L.A. is an amazing thing. So uh, they better not shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> What's been your favorite thing so far? Is there like a, they have a recovery, they have the nutrition, they have the weights and, and the outdoor side. What's been your favorite part uh, so far? I'm, I'm a weight room junkie, so it's it's a great setup. Obviously, you got the turf outside. Uh, you got the, you're in the elements, but obviously uh, you can be in the weight room, be quiet, be focused on what you want to get done be kind of away from everybody so uh, then you can transition like you said into the Normatex recovery situations uh, cryosana all those different things so uh, it's a good situation you've got everything at your fingertips like I said what does just do it mean to you so I think it's plain and simple it's just Joe just go and get it done it's as simple as that I think you focus you have your understanding you know what you want to get done uh, and it's about just going and getting it done it's as simple as that Next up, we talked to another athlete who started her career on fire and stayed at the top of the league for a long time. Hey guys, this is Cappy Pondexter from Chicago, Illinois, a graduate from Rutgers University, a second round draft pick in 2006 to Phoenix Mercury, now currently playing with the Indiana Fever. Cappy told us how she got started in basketball. I was always like that little kid who always ran on the court during a, a court run. And in Chicago, like, you can't do that. That's just not right. It's not the rules on the court. So basically, you know, they got tired of me doing it, so they threw a basketball, and I kind of started from there, fell in love with it. How old were you? Ten years old. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was young. Were they aggressive? <laughs> no, they was not aggressive. They were just like, stop being annoying, you know? I'm ten years old, just running around on the court, trying to figure life out. And uh, from that moment, it was over with from there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine that. So who were some of your heroes growing up? Wow. Um, growing up in Chicago, you know, obviously is Jordan, you know, in the 90s when he really helped basketball turn into something positive in the city. Everywhere you went, it was Mike's town, you know, like you turned on a TV and you watched basketball. It was always the Bulls. If you go to high school, everybody had to have the freshest pair of mics on. So it was just like a culture that he built in Chicago, not only in Chicago, but around the world. And you had to be a part of it if you were a basketball player. He was probably the first person that I really looked up to growing up. And then like Cheryl Swoops was very significant in my life because uh, my high school team was sponsored by Nike. So I would always see her around. She would come to certain events because we were in Nike school. Uh, she was just very influential in my life, you know, off the court. But then, 
you know, as I got older and started to experience more things with Nike, you know, I've started to meet Lisa Leslie, Tina Thompson, Don Staley, you know, the legends. Aside from, you know, playing in the NBA, what were some of your other dreams growing up and who inspired them? Who inspired you to chase them? Um, I wanted to always help kids. I wanted to be a teacher. And then my mom and my brother and my dad were just the main people in my life. Life, <clears throat> life at that time that really pushed me and told me that I can dream and do anything. But really my mom, for sure. What did your mom do uh, when you were younger? She was a single-parent mom um, raising two kids. You know, uh, my dad was in the Marines, so he wasn't really around. And me and my brother, you know, we coming from California, not really knowing the atmosphere in Chicago. We're different. And, you know, kids were bullying us. So my mom just... She made sure that, you know, we understood who we were as kids and um, made sure that we stayed focused in Chicago. And that's who really, that's my mom. Like, we are her children for sure. When was that moment? Take us back to that moment that you realized that you were a special athlete. Probably when I was like 12. And I had a coach by the name of Lauren Foster. Everybody knows her in Chicago as like the dribble queen. You know, if you want your handles right, you go to Lauren Foster. Well, there was this league called Small Fry Basketball. It was a national thing. It was almost like AU, but you couldn't be 5'1". If you were 5'1", you measured out and you could play. You couldn't play. And the rims were eight feet tall. And here I am as this the only girl on the team, and I'm playing center, right? I'm like, why am I playing center on an all-boys team? But I was really good. And so from that moment, like, I just started getting recruited like crazy to go to different high schools, and I was like, all right, I must be really good, you know? And I think that's when I really realized I, I had potential. Man, they had you playing center? It, was, it, was, it wasn't fun at all, man. My coach, she gave me all the crap, you know? <laughs> she toughened you up. She did. She definitely toughened me up. You know, you've been good at basketball for, safe to say, a very long time, based on what you've said. So fourth leading WNBA scorer of all time, WNBA All-Star seven times, WNBA first team three times, WNBA finals MVP and two-time champion. The list goes on. And you're, you're looking at me surprised, almost like I can't believe it. <laughs> you have quite the highlight reel. Yeah, you know, because, like, people don't realize, like, as a kid, these are not things that you dream about doing. Like, I'm, I never dreamed about being the fourth all-time leading scorer in the WNBA. I never dreamed about that. I just wanted to play basketball because I love it. And I have a passion for it. So, like, for me, like, now that I'm later part of my career, when people talk about my story, it's overwhelming because I never lived in the moment. I always just like, all right, I have to top what I just did. I have to be better. You know, I have to find ways to help my game grow. That was always my mindset. So to hear you say all that is pretty cool, and it warms my heart for sure. So let's take it now to, you know, the players that you've played with, the players that you've played against. Um, in your opinion – Who's been the best player that you've played against? Ooh, it's a lot of them. <laughs> but I would say, I would say like the toughest person I had to compete against every time was Tamika Catchings. For sure, for sure, for sure. But the the fact that I had the opportunity to play with Diana Taurasi, even though she's a competitor now that we're not on the same team, she was probably one of the tough ones too. But I have, I have to give it to Tamika Catchings. <laughs> so is there a player that you've played against that has brought out the absolute best in you? Probably a player that likes to talk crap, um, but it's not too many of those players. Like, uh, I, you know, I could, because honestly, I bring the best out of myself first. You know, I hold myself accountable, you know, because 
at this age, it's a mental game. You have to play games with yourself mentally because to, I've accomplished a lot early in my career, and a lot of people have not come to success at an early part of their career. So for me to stay on top, I had to challenge myself. It was never about anybody else. I like that. How do you stay or how do you continue to have that elite mentality? Um, I take a little bit. I study everybody that I really enjoy watching. Um, you know, now the women's side is starting to pay attention to the men's game. Um, and the men's game is it's different, but at the same time, it's, it's helping our game grow too. Statistic-wise, we are better shooters, better passers, better free throw shooters, but <clears throat> the dimension that they have to their game, whether it's one-on-one breakdown, whether it's two-man game with screen and roll, you, you have to watch it because it's, it's, it's top level. And, and you're starting to see it in our game. So those are things that I like to do. I love to pay attention to the men's game when I'm out of season. How did it feel when you were named, you know, the top 15 WNBA, WNBA players? When you were in that list? Um, what was that emotion like? Well, that, that first accolade at <clears throat> when they named the first 15, I was like, wait, I'm, I'm only like 25. And I'm still, you know, I'm still playing. Like, how is it possible? But then that's the other part where I said, where we kind of tend to, I wouldn't say, um, take it for granted. We just, we just always want to be better as an, a top elite athlete that we kind of forget to water the flowers. And in that moment, I didn't think about it, but now that I'm having an opportunity to really reminisce about things and I mean, it's special. I was 25. I was young. I was with Cynthia Cooper, Lisa Leslie, Tina Thompson. How is it possible? But, you know, it's just a tribute to hard work for sure. You got to the top, you know, very fast and you've stayed there. You've managed to stay there. How, in your opinion, have you managed to stay there? Because it's some might say it's easy to get to the top, but it's much more challenging to remain in the position <laughs> that you are. How have you how have you made that happen? I've made changes with myself, you know, like. For, for one thing, for an example, like I totally changed my diet the last year and a half. I became vegetarian. And a lot of people were like, oh, you know, it's going to not be good for your game because you're such a, a powerful player on the offensive side that it may take away some from some of your strength. But they didn't realize that I'm 34, I'm 35. So the impact that my body has to take is, is harder once you get older. So I felt amazing, you know, um, that's one thing, you know, I started to train um, with less weights and started doing body functioning and stuff. That also helped. Um, I got a trainer, you know, I didn't go to Europe. I started working on my skill set. It was just little things like that that I tweaked, you know, because the passion, the dedication, and just the ultimate talent that you have will take you places. You know, it's just the other things that you tweaking in there, here and there that, that makes the difference in the world. So in 2007, uh, you won a title and were named the finals uh, MVP, right? What does it take to be the best player in the WNBA finals? <laughs> you just have to be the player that wants it the most. Um, you know, I was a kid like 27. No, not 27. I probably was like 24. And I had a lot of vets around me saying like, you don't know what it is to play in the playoffs. <laughs> you have no idea. And I'm just like, I just want to win a championship. I really don't care. And, you know, I just remember when the playoffs started, I'm like, I'm locked in. Like, nothing can change from that. I'm 
here to win a championship, and that was my mindset. And, and I think my hard work and my mindset just awarded me. So what has been, in your opinion, the highlight of your career so, so far? Um, I would have to say this year. Uh, a lot of people don't probably don't know that I initially signed in L.A. to play with the Sparks. And here I am, 13-year vet, and I got waived, you know? So, I mean, that story in itself is just like, wow. Like, there was a moment in time where I was like, in my 48-hour period where I had to decide where I was going next, I was like, you know what, I think I'm just going to hang it up. But if it wasn't for my mom, it wasn't for in kids inboxing me, you know, on social media, I don't know if I would have played for the Indiana Fever to finish the season off. So for me, that's probably been the most special highlight of my career so far because it allowed me to reach a, a dark place and then to finish the way I did uh, with a team that, probably wouldn't have won two games if I wasn't there, just shows the impact that I had um, on and off the court. So, Absolutely. What piece of advice did your mom give you to help you get out of that hole or that dark, dark place? Uh, she just told me, like, you know, whenever you create a story, the story has to end the way you want it to and not someone else. And, you know, no matter what <clears throat> the business side of things are, um, you know, Whatever the decision was for them to waive me, I just had to pick my pieces up and go. And and it just made me a more stronger, focused person. And to not never, ever, ever give up on your dreams, no matter what age or um, place you are in your career. I like that. I like that, man. Mom's has a lot of gems. She for does. Sure. She's, she's, a, she's a sweetheart for sure. <laughs> so now let's talk about the season, right? Like this last season. Tell me about the role that you played on uh, with your team because them being the third youngest team they needed a veteran presence right what was your role in your opinion Whew, my role was everything <laughs> uh just <clears throat> first of all just showing the ladies how to be a professional you know on and off the court because um just that thing along is 90 percent of what being a pro athlete is all about uh because you know, the basketball takes care of itself. That's just something that you love to do. And so, you know, every single day I had to go in and not talk so much, but just show by example. Like, I'm I'm in the gym early. I'm leaving late. I'm doing my treatment. You know, if, if I have an appearance, I'm not complaining about it. I'm going to my appearance. Just little things like that. Because, like, that generation or the generation that's grown up <clears throat> after me, like, they're so spoiled. So... Like, they're just used to everything being handed to them. So now it's like, all right, well, you have, even though that's a great thing, but you still have to be able to learn to work hard for certain things. And when when I was drafted, like, the pioneers before me, they didn't give me anything. They made me work for everything. So that's just something that I try to embed in, in this group of young ladies. So, you know, being that there's such a young audience listening to this and, and you know, you have, you're inspiring a younger, you know, generation of ballers, what advice would you give uh, a young athlete out there who's listening right now, someone who's trying to be in the WNBA and potentially be the next you? What piece of advice would you give them? Uh, all right. Well, I mean, I would say if you want to play in a WNBA, like, that's totally possible. Like, nothing can ever stop that but you. But along the way, I think it's important to realize, like, you know, as you grow up and you progress and you become better and you get recruited in high school and you, you get recruited to go to college, that you're going to meet people in your life. 
I'm not saying that they're good people or they're bad people, but you have to be able to know the difference because those are the people that can steer you from your dreams. And if they're a bad influence, you have to walk away. Make sure people that are in your life are very impactful, they're positive, and they're inspiring, inspiring you to continue to grow as a, as a pro, for sure. As an athlete, you know, you have quite the platform um, where people actually listen to what you say. They're watching what you're saying. What's been the most important way that you've used your platform? Uh, I've started this challenge, and I'm on day 92, where I kind of inspire people to continue to move on their journey. You know, whether or not it's um, a roadblock that you're having and you're trying to overcome it, uh, whether it's trying to stay on a, the righteous road or stay in the in the right path uh, where you're destined to go. Uh, and that's probably been the most positive feedback that I've gotten since I've been on social media. Is like, do you have a book? Is this a book? Where's this stuff coming from? I'm like, no, it's coming from my heart. Because I'm in a place now where, you know, I've, I've grown uh, since I was, since I first came into the league to where I am now is just tremendous growth. And I think the growth that I've had, I can help change someone's life. So why keep it a secret when I can inspire someone else? What what matters to you, Kathy, when it comes to just everything that's that's going on? What are things that matter to you that you tend to be more vocal about? Gun violence, mental health awareness. Um, those are the two key things for me because they've played a part in my life um, on and off the court. So to see the struggle that I had to go through and ma imagining someone else to go through it, I mean, it's it's just a sad thing. And so if I can help, help encourage a family or friends or someone who just needs to talk to somebody, if I can encourage them to be better, then that's what I try to do because, like, we're not realizing, like, our time is ticking. We don't have long. And so we don't understand that people are really suffering from mental health issues. Like, it's a real thing out here. And if I can be a light to somebody, then I'm going to be that light. <laughs> That's just the bottom line. So what's next for Cappy on the court and off the court? On the court, I'm looking to have a, a great year uh, in the WNBA, as it is my last year. And I just want to leave the way I came in. Uh, that's that's what I want to do on the court. Off the court, just be the biggest fashion inspiration that I can be, like one of the I have to be the top five, one of the top five athletes who've in, uh, dove into fashion, for sure. Are, are there any athletes right now that you are, you know, you kind of mess with that have transitioned onto fashion the way that you'd like to? Uh, yeah. Um, Swaggy P, that's me. Me and Swaggy P like the same. <laughs> um, Westbrook, he's done his thing. Serge Ibaka, um, Skylar Diggins, uh, Tamara Young. There's a lot of cool people like pj tucker um who else I, it's so many people that's just like doing it carmelo anthony chris paul like it's becoming a thing now and it's like cool to be a part of that wave what does just do it mean to you whatever it is that you want to accomplish just do it there's no excuses but to just do it Nadamakin Sue and Cappy Pondexter. Perfect guests for our last episode here at Just Do It HQ. They've dealt with all sorts of obstacles to their success, but 
never let anything stop them. This summer, here at Just Do It HQ, we talked to all kinds of athletes during the run of this show, from young stars like skateboarder Letitia Buffoni to people who are in the middle of their historic careers, like Russell Wilson, to retired legends like Michael Johnson. It's been a good run. Sustained excellence, you might say. And it just seems right to end this show with two guests who told us all about how they're keeping themselves at their best for as long as they can. That's all for Just Do It HQ. Thank you for listening to our show. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. Every good review makes it easier for new listeners to find this show and hear from their favorite Nike athletes. Just Do It HQ is presented by Nike and produced by Uninterrupted and Neon Hum Media. Our show producers are Raghu Manavalan and Vikram Patel. Our executive producers are Jonathan Hirsch and TD St. Matthew Daniel. Production and editorial support from the great team at Uninterrupted, Karin Kildo, Blaine Snyder, Taj, and last but not least, Natalie Least. And for the last time, I'm Denise Jones, leaving you with one final note. How will you chase your crazy dream? Mm-hmm.